You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers training camp day two, breaking down all the reports, everything we've seen, some... uh, we don't have any audio cut for the episode, but Trey Lance, they're trying to needle in there, see if they can uh, drum up any any sort of friction between Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Doesn't look like that's going to go anywhere with that storyline, so uh, that's good news for the 49ers. What we've seen on the field, some winners and losers from day two of 2001 training camp at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker. Quick bit of news, actually. So... Tim, <laughs> I can't even remember his name right now. That's how little he's played. He has not played a single snap. Tim Harris <laughs> has never played for the 49ers on a Sunday, right, during a regular season. But he's been on the team for a while. He was a, a late round I pick feel like he was active ago. for one game. I feel like there was like one game late he was active for. He, According to Eric Branch, he's not played a snap, but he might have had a uniform on at least once. Yeah, yeah you're right. I think, I think he was active, and I think he said something like, because I think I remember him tweeting out like, this wait, waited for this my whole life or something like that. That's got to be frustrating too. Like uh, in my softball game last night, we we lost by one run, and I was on deck when the guy made the last out. And it's got to be the feeling of you're an NFL player, you get a uniform on, and then you stand and watch the game on the sidelines. That can't be a, a, uh, an yeah. amazing feeling, watching right. the game happen without you, and you, you can't make an impact. But uh, Tim Harris has been the starting corner because Mosley has, or doesn't. I don't know if he has COVID, but he's in the the protocol. He's on the COVID reserve list right now. And they haven't plugged in the rookie to be a starter. And I think it's probably smart just to let him run with the twos and, and do his thing with Ambry Thomas. And uh, so Tim Harris has been playing on the first string defense. But the 49ers are starting to look at, at this situation and think, yeah, maybe we do need to add a cornerback. Uh, not Xavier Howard, at least not yet. I, don't, there's, I saw some reports today that multiple teams have been making calls, some playoff teams and some not playoff teams. I don't know if the 49ers have the bullets to make that kind of a trade happen for someone like Xavier Howard. I think it would absolutely make the the defense better, but they are working out a former first-round cornerback, Dre Kirkpatrick, who was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, played last year with the Arizona Cardinals. Croc, do you have a scouting report on Dre Kirkpatrick? Do you think he's somebody that could add uh, at least some depth to this defense? Because while he hasn't played great in his career and been a disappointment as a first-round pick— He's got more experience than Tim Harris does. Yeah, I think, you know, he's one of those guys. There are a lot of people that they draft these 6-3 long corners and they're extremely appealing. But I feel like their bust rate is really higher. And a lot of times they're either one thing or the other. It's not like really in between or you got a lot of inconsistency from them where you see these high moments, but then there's just a lot of low moments. And I think he fits into that category extremely well. Him, Kevin King, he's another one of those type of guys who really up and down play. Drake Kirkpatrick, I mean, he's had a ton of opportunities. He played on some good defenses with Bengals and it seemed like, okay, maybe it's going to be all right. And then, uh, then it just wasn't. Then he went to... Uh, what was it? He was uh, the Arizona Cardinals. He was playing there, and uh, it's just been really up and down. And for a guy like him that was drafted so high and him still to be a free agent, I think that that speaks volumes on how the league feels about him. He's probably somebody that's really inconsistent and just can't play very good. (laughs) I was surprised, looking back at his combine numbers as a first-round cornerback, that he didn't even break 4-5 in the 40. I saw 4-5-0. 451 is his 40 yard dash times, but you know, it's long, 6'2, skinny guy out of Alabama, um, 6'2, 6'2 and three quarters, I think almost 6'3. 
100, only 186 pounds, but um, you know that long, lengthy profile, and I think that can fit what the 49ers want to do if they if they want to still run a lot of that cover three stuff. Um, but he hasn't had a great career. Uh, he last year was really bad. They're looking just at his PFF grades. He had a 49 PFF grade last year, 46.1 coverage grade, which was the worst of his career. So that tells you why he's on the street at the beginning of training camp right now and not even, you know, he's just barely getting workouts to try to find some work and, and, and find a job uh, to continue his NFL career. But he was with the Cincinnati Bengals from 2012 to 2019 and he's really up and down, really only had two solid seasons if you're just looking at pure PFF grades and their coverage grades. And that was his third year, 2014, and his fifth year, 2016. And since then, it's been kind of all downhill for Drake Kirkpatrick. But at least some experience, you know, and probably would be a guy that's in the same realm, another long corner that hasn't had a ton of success at the NFL level. Uh, in Dante Johnson, so that's probably you know right about where Drake Kirkpatrick is is the Dante Johnson level of player who's got some length, got some experience, and you have so many young players. Even Emmanuel Mosley hasn't played a ton in the NFL, and then you have Tim Harris who's been on the roster for a couple years, but zero snaps, active maybe for a game or two, and then a couple of rookies and Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore. So you just getting some experience in the room is important, and it's not like we didn't see this coming before the season started, right? Like it's it's not surprising that they need a little bit more of a of a veteran uh, or or a high level player in the cornerback room, and maybe Drake Kirkpatrick isn't even enough for what they need. Do, do they need more? Do they need to go hard and make a call about Xavier Howard Crock? I think it is, with Xavier Howard, it's just extremely difficult because the lack of draft capital. And what they've already given up for a quarterback, and uh, you know, really for the next couple of years. So I, I would assume. I mean, we're talking about somebody who's just coming off a ten interception season. I'm assuming with how much man coverage he plays and how much responsibility they put on him and Byron Jones over there in, in Miami. You know, it's going to cost a lot to get a guy like that. So I, I, I'm just kind of, I don't even want to say cautiously optimistic, but I just, I don't feel like it's going to happen because of what you'd have to give up for him. And especially if it starts getting a bidding war, he's a really good cornerback, really good. And he's at the peak of his powers right now. Like there's no way you get a guy like him for less than the first round pick, especially if we, I believe he still has years left on his contract. So like there's value there where they've probably paid him a good uh, signing bonus. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening for the 49ers. You would get away from the signing bonus, although he wants more money. He's, I think he's the sixth highest paid cornerback in the league, somewhere around $15 million a year right now. And he's making less than Byron Jones, and I think that's part of his gripe is he's better than his teammate, he thinks, and his teammate's making more. So even if he goes back and plays for the Dolphins, that probably can't go over well when someone else is talking about how much you're making. And I don't know how you would feel about that, Croc, if, if uh, your teammate was saying that he's better than you, should be making more money than you, then you got to go be pals with him in the locker room. That probably wouldn't be a great scenario. So I feel like at some point, Maybe Miami has to move on from Xavier Howard if he's going to be causing problems in the locker room. Do you want to bring on a guy who's willing to cause problems in the locker room? And you got to pay him more than he's already making. The 49ers can fit him in, apparently, according to Jason Fitzgerald of OverTheCap.com. They can fit him in. The question is, can they, can they give up what it would take? But it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Croc, that Xavier Howard would be pretty darn perfect for what the 49ers need right now at cornerback, right? Yeah, he's a very versatile cornerback. I mean, like, you know, he's gone through multiple coaching changes over there in Miami. Uh, Brian Flores and those guys, they run a good amount of quarters and then a good a, a good amount of man. And if the 49ers want to kind of continue to do that, which it seemed like they ran a lot of that last year, 
then he definitely fits that. And a guy who, you know, 49ers were kind of in trouble when it came to like guys like Stefan Diggs, uh, Devontae Adams. You know, he's a guy that you could possibly have follow a receiver around. The 49ers haven't had a corner like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, if if there is a way to work it out to get him to the 49ers, it'll be beneficial. But then now, like you said, once more money, maybe wants to be the highest paid. Are you going to have the highest paid tight end, fullback, left tackle, linebacker, and cornerback, yeah, like, no. and the cornerback being one of the more expensive positions, that's tough. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, doubtful that Xavier Howard ends up a 49er, but they are in the market for adding at least a body there with some depth, and maybe it's Dre Kirkpatrick, former first-round draft pick. Speaking of cornerbacks, big day for Jason Verrett. Stock up for him. Let's talk a little bit more about some stock up, stock downs, who was flashing at training camp day two for the 49ers and Trey Lance on the mic next heck of a lot more to do this summer and you want to look good while doing it maybe that pool party and man the 2019 summer bod was looking a lot better than when you're hanging out next to the pool in 2021 right so uh one thing that i found that can fit into any diet if you're trying to uh, fit in a snack get one that's high in protein low in sugar and that is built bar they're the best tasting protein bar on the market but they are healthy too which is exactly what i have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is where things start to get interesting, Croc, because day one, everything was all flowery and everyone's having a good time and all the reports just about are positive with the team. And then day two, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sub 50% passer in 11 on 11 team work. And he uh, struggled a little bit. Jason Verrett showing up big today, making a couple of PBUs. Uh, Big reports on Jason Verrett looking really good in camp. He had some very kind things to say about both of his quarterbacks, especially the rookie. And pretty much everything you hear about Trey Lance is that he carries himself the right way. Smart kid and everyone loves him. So those are all positive. Um, But... It's funny because this is where things get, I don't know if they'll actually get dicey, but I, but this is where things could go awry for the 49ers as far as just just continually asking these guys. Because Trey Lance asked on the podium if it's awkward with him and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, why he, you know, he hasn't run yet. Does he, is he, someone asked him, I'm not sure who asked him uh, why, uh, or if he is fighting off the urge to, to run. And it's like, no, what are you talking about? But like, and that's where things, because like, on paper, it looks great, but that's where things get weird is when the scrutiny is just constant and it's just waves of questions every single day. And it's not the New York market, but it's a big market team and he's going to continually be asked about this. And then someone has a bad day and then it's like, OK, now the fans that were pre that were that were pro Jimmy G are mad at Trey Lance and the, the fans that hate Jimmy G and want to move on are going to get mad at, at Jimmy and, and be vocal about it. Oh, he's sub 50 percent passer. And then there's going to be people 
be people who are apologists for one or the other. And then there's media reports and some some of the media members are even kind of dug in on, on some sides and, and thinking how things will go. So it's very interesting and almost a Rorschach test in some cases to see what the reports are about how the same practice went from people that were there or how people... Uh, respond to what they hear about the practices that happen here. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not have as good second day as he had a first day as I think the big overall thing. I think he threw an interception as well. I'm not sure who picked that ball off, but what are your thoughts about the reports? I think it was Kawan Williams. Okay, Somebody That's... tipped it. Somebody tipped it and then picked it off. Yes, it was K1. You're, you're absolutely right. So it was two pass breakups for Verrett, and then K1, I think, had the interception of Jimmy G, who, depending on who's... Um, whose statistics you want to trust more. I think I saw Grant Cohen had him at 4 of 10 passing, and I think Mayoko had 5 of 11 passing. So either way, sub 50% on the day for Jimmy Garoppolo. Croc, your thoughts? Well, first I want to ask you about yesterday's practice, right? The 49ers put out clips and highlights of, you know, catches and throws and all that type of stuff, right? Now, and I don't want to look too much into this, but I just want your opinion. Your rookie quarterback, third overall pick, Throws two bombs. One to George Kittle, who's probably the best player on your team. Another one to Debo Samuel, who's one of your better players that you think you would want to, like, you know, uh, parade around. And your rookie quarterback is the one doing it. And you don't have any video of the ball coming out of his hand to the <laughs> targets on bombs. Like, and But you have three plays of Jimmy Garoppolo, which were excellent. I, I, there were a lot of people that that – well, these passes look high and all that. I really liked the one where he was rolling out left and threw it and got it over the outstretched hand of the defender and dropped into Ayu's hands. I thought that was amazing. A lot of people were like, oh, look at that duck and stuff. Like, nah, man, that was a good throw. You said uh, that but, was Jimmy's throw? Yeah, that was Jimmy's throw. Okay. But you 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 see the you see them doing it for Jimmy, and you got this rookie throw overall pick. Like, do you take anything away from that? And I'm not trying to look into it. I just thought it was very interesting. It is. Well, that that's one of my pet peeves from those sort of clips. And that's what they're supposed to do for social media. And, you know, you get the slow-mo of just the catch. And it, it frustrates the heck out of me when I see those because I want the, the whole view. I'm like, oh, man, I want to see the route. I want to see the throw, who threw the ball. I want to see what the coverage looked like. You know, there's so many things you want to see almost – the the catch point is almost the thing I care about the least. I like I don't want to see the slow motion but, just catch. So I'm with you on that. But I get what you're they saying about three with Jimmy G. They th- they showed three with the ball coming out. Like you see Garoppolo, you mm-hmm. see him throw the ball, you see the receiver catch it. But with Trey Lance, it was like you know they got it halfway in the air, and I'm like, is that intentional? I think th- I, it's it could entirely be intentional for sure well well, you know for sure it's intentional that they're showing Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo and if you only have one camera and you're trying to isolate somebody for a slow-mo and George Kittle jumps on the field and runs a route maybe that's just where the camera goes no matter what um and maybe there maybe that's one of the the things they're like hey look camera folks let's take the pressure off the rookie you know focus on the starters focus on Jimmy Focus on Kittle. Focus on Bosa. You know, those are the stories. That's what sells. We want as much slow-mo of those guys as we can get. So um, I, I could see that being a possibility. And the other thing is I just, you know, you have to you have to make a 10-second clip for Instagram. What are you going to choose? And George Kittle jumping up and making a catch is probably the thing that's going to make it right. even over your number three overall pick. But, but – uh, suspiciously absent i get what you're saying suspiciously absent yeah. is video footage of your number three overall quarterback that's what i'm saying it was just a little interesting i'm just like what he threw two bombs we've been waiting to see the 49ers push the ball down the field and you you do show the jimmy garoppolo plays 
And I thought they were good plays. I'm not, you know, but it's just like that. You didn't show the rookie. But in the, in the sense of how they're kind of doing, again, I, I think we're going to continue to get these stats on how these guys are, you know, the, their completion percentage and things like that. And I think it's a little bit more relevant just because there is kind of a, I don't, I don't want to say a quarterback competition because it's not there yet. But, you know, there is a competition amongst people looking into how the both quarterbacks are doing and if it can go one way or the other. But overall, it's it's good to see. I, I like to see the interception, right? Like I, I want to know that they're they're trying different things and maybe pushing the ball, or trying to squeeze the ball into tight windows. Like you do where at practice, like you can't be extremely safe. Like let it rip, let it rip. So I, I like the interceptions. Um, I would like an interception more from Jimmy Garoppolo if he was pushing the ball downfield. And I haven't seen the play, so I don't know if he was or not. But hey, if he's trying to drive uh, a twenty yard comeback or fifteen yard out and it gets picked, at least like show me that you're attempting to do something out of the norm. If if it was a slant, I would be a little bit more upset by something like that because, like, dude, we've seen you throw 100 slants. Like, let's start incorporating things that maybe you need to improve on. Mm-hmm. So, overall, you know, I, I haven't heard much about Trey Lance's day aside from seeing the numbers, but I would like to see, like, okay, maybe he, you know, was 6'4", 10, or 12, whatever it was, how did it look? Right. Like what, what What did he look sharp in the completions and the incompletions? Was he trying to fit balls into tight windows? Like those are the things that I want to know. I think the numbers I saw for Lance were five of nine. There was there was fewer pass attempts for him uh, and there were some drops involved, too. So uh, by most accounts, Jimmy's day was not great. And Lance's was either average or maybe above average, maybe a little better. But that's one of the things it's like one of the caveats is like, look, these are small samples. This is two practices into training camp you can't crown somebody yet and one guy's going against the ones one guy's going against the twos right that's what i was gonna say i mean their their level of competition that they're going up against is not the same as well you know we have to take that into consideration especially yesterday with trey lance went with the second group offensive line but at different times, he had George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel out there going against the twos, as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo, who might have different receivers, but they're going against the ones. So that's something to kind of take into account as well, if it's not looking as great. I do think if I want to know when it becomes a competition. That's exactly right. Like if yep. if if Trey Lance, you know, which it sounded like he had a, a probably an encouraging day one. And day two, I'm pretty sure they're going to take things from it that are probably encouraging. If he continues to string together encouraging days, when at what point does it become a a competition? Because I I, I don't think they want to go that way. I really think that they would like Garoppolo to make it clear cut that he's the guy and they don't have to play Trey Lance until they have to play him, right? Jimmy Garoppolo goes into a game, throws three picks, turns the ball over, looks stinky. Okay, let me get our young guy in there to kind of get a – uh, you know, get the team motivated and stuff and all that, get a spark going, as they like to say. I don't think they want to have to play him week one. They want Jimmy Garoppolo to do it. So I, I'm curious to see at what point in practice and Trey Lance stringing together these things and everybody going to the podium and talking about how smart he is and how well he's catching on to the concepts and drawing the plays up and doing all these really great things is ahead of his time. At what point does that put pressure on Shanahan who doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like he feels pressure like that. He's going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. But at what point does he kind of get pressured into being like, all right, like, and you know what? And I, I don't even think it's something that would be announced. I think it's something that would be like, 
all of a sudden we see Trey Lance start to get a little bit, get, get a couple reps with the ones. Like yeah. oh, you know, we just want, we just want to see it. And I, I think clearly the four and there's the 49ers are smart to not want a quarterback competition because that just adds more to it. And, and you know the the press is asking, you know the media's in there and asking them, hey, is there awkwardness? Is this weird? And Trey Lance's response was like basically like he's like oh jimmy garoppolo is my best friend you know i love this guy there's nobody better i could possibly be learning from i love him as a human being i love him on and off the field i can't imagine there being someone better to learn from like he he couldn't have said anything better about it and jimmy garoppolo has been a pro throughout all of this even if you know as everyone's saying he's carrying himself a little bit differently maybe a little more confident maybe a little bit of a um, you know, a uh, back against the wall mentality, which could be good for for everybody involved. It could be good for Trey Lance to have stiffer competition, better for the team. Obviously, if Garoppolo is playing at a higher level, because that's going to make everybody better. But um, at this point now, the 49ers are clearly trying to make it not a competition. When it would come to a head is when the people in the locker room know, and they look around. They're like, "Yeah, Trey's just too good." You can't keep them off the field, right? <laughs> and, and when your own teammates think that, and I think that'll be the vibe, and everybody will know. But you're right; it might be a little sneaky. Like all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, Trey, just take first team reps," you know. And, and but here's the other thing: so Kyle's set it up in a way where there's a one and a two, a clear one, a clear two. If Trey Lance next week all of a sudden takes a single rep with the first team, that's a that's a huge story because now it's a competition, right? And so yep. those are the clues that reporters that are at practice are absolutely going to be looking for. Yeah, and it sounds like we're not there quite yet, but and there are only two practices in. And to add context to that, Shanahan said it. I mean, he only saw uh, Trey Lance for seven practices in the spring, so it's not like you know we're talking about nine practices from Trey Lance as a 49er. dude. That's, and yeah, and he's, he just turned twenty-one. He hasn't. He played one football game in the last 18 months he Kyle Shanahan had never even met the guy in March you know what I mean so it's like uh there's there there's a lot to go so that's that's when Kyle Shanahan says look a rookie shouldn't be able to come in and beat a guy out and and I think yesterday's perfect example of it it's like you can't go beat out an NFL veteran yet you haven't you just signed your first contract the morning of practice and then you're on the field two hours later they couldn't get like they got they couldn't get the cadences right like how can a rookie beat out a veteran if they can't get the ball snapped you know there's just some very little things that I think that sometimes fans you take for granted is like oh I saw his college film looks amazing like look at him playing college he's so talented it's like well yeah but there's so much else that goes on like give him a month maybe in August it's a competition but you know late July especially for a veteran team that thinks they're going to win it's really hard because there's just so much that a rookie, especially a quarterback, has to learn in the NFL. Think about last year with Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor, right? Justin Herbert, seventh overall pick, I believe, or sixth overall pick, and their coach was adamant that there was no competition and Tyrod Taylor was the guy. It was the exact same thing as what the Niners are going through right now and what the (laughs) Bears are going through right now that everybody knows is eventually going to get the job taken from them, but... They have the job to start, and maybe they shouldn't. Like Herbert should have never been on the bench, clearly, right? But maybe, well, maybe we don't know what training camp, like you talked about, those type of things that rookies might yeah. go through. Kyle's looking at that like, can I trust right now that this guy? Now you could look at it in the sense of, well, he'll figure it out by the time preseason practice will start. But the 49ers, I mean, uh, preseason game start. But the 49ers are in an ideal situation to where, in a unique situation to where, well, we don't have to rush this process. And I think that's maybe what. The Chargers were going through where, yeah, 
I mean, you know, uh, Justin Herbert, extremely physically imposing, more talented than uh, Tyrod Taylor. But Tyrod Taylor is still the, the 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 leader of the team at that time, as is Garoppolo. Tyrod Taylor was the more seasoned veteran, as is Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so it's like there, there's no rush to, even though everybody wants to see it. And we watched Hard Knocks last year. Uh, Herbert made some throws where people were like, yeah, we see the throw from the rookie. Like, and those are the things that's going to happen. Yeah. But when – but there's no rush. And as opposed to Jets, uh, Jaguars, like those dudes are on the field right now. Yeah. <laughs> Robert know? Sala, I saw a quote from him today about uh, Wilson because Zach Wilson's now the only rookie that hasn't signed yet. And he's like, well, that that's two days too many. We got to get him on the field and practicing because they, they right. put all their marbles in there. They don't have – they have nobody as backups. Like they need Zach Wilson to be the starting quarterback. And at least there's Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. But, of course, we all know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter there. But um, no, it's a great point. And, and the other thing about like Tyrod Taylor and about Jimmy Garoppolo now, and like I'm sure coaches are a certain breed too. And I think Shanahan's like that. Um, the veteran can like get you in and out of plays, get you in and out of the huddle, snap the ball, just like very little things going through camp that I'm sure was tougher. And maybe one the, once those things started to become easier for someone like um, Justin Herbert last year, and I'm sure it'll happen with Trey Lance. Like maybe in September, it's just a, a completely different story than it was in late July, right? And you'd expect right. that to be the case. And some of those things can come quickly. And even yesterday's practice, at the beginning, they had cadence problems and they, they you know, they had problems getting the, the snap going. And then later on in practice, Lance gave him a hard count and got the defense to jump. So even from one practice, you can see how much someone can progress. So for a coach, he wants to make sure that the quarterback is smart, knows the play, can get the team in and out of the huddle, can make the calls of the line of scrimmage, can get them in and out of bad plays and all those things. And I'm sure that's where a rookie would have a tough time competing with a, a veteran quarterback. And once they get that down, then the athleticism and all the ability comes to the forefront. And, and that's exactly what we saw with the Chargers last year. Because once you're ready, you're ready. And so that's the determination the 49ers have to make. And it almost doesn't matter what Jimmy Garoppolo does. I mean, it does to a certain extent because it'll be harder to take him out if he's playing well. But when Lance is ready, it's Lance's job. Like we, Everybody knows it. Kyle Shanahan right. knows it. That's why they traded up to get him. That They spent so much to get this guy. When he's ready, he's ready. So it's almost less about Garoppolo and only about Lance, period. I think for Garoppolo, it's how how long can I hold him off for? Can I hold him off for an, uh, an entire season? And I think for the 49ers, that would be ideal because that means that Garoppolo is playing very well. That means that the team is winning games. And that means that you get more in return for Garoppolo uh, next offseason after the 49ers already gave up so much draft capital to get Trey Lance. Okay, we've got to move on. I know it's fun to talk about the quarterbacks. A couple of stock-ups from day two of training camp. Next. Big winners from today, apparently, and from the early part of camp is how good the the young wide receivers are looking. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel in great shape, according to everybody. Uh, he worked a lot on his downfield Route running in the offseason, slimmed down a little bit, in great shape, is healthy. Uh, I think both those guys are looking good so far in camp. Oh, and I do want to shout out a, a couple of listeners on Twitter. Jay Patel said uh, he, he he linked us to this Matt Barrows article about why, because we were questioning, we are like, wait, I thought Lance was running with the twos, but he threw a bomb to George Kittle on day one of camp. And so the it was the second team offensive line and second team receivers, but then the first team receivers were also working in and running routes with the second team. So that's why... Kittle was in there for Trey Lance to throw a pass to. And they, they've always done that and I always thought that that was kind of weird. Like, do you want your 
one, you know, starting quarterback to get a rapport with his receivers? Or are you kind of throwing that off because now it's like one one down I'm throwing to River Craycraft the next uh the next play. Then I have Debo and Ayuk, but then the play after that, I have Kevin White. And and I remember them doing that when I was at training camps, and I'm like, do all teams do this? Yeah. I don't remember the Jets doing that. I don't know. I Jets receivers like were all kind of regular, but at that time. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying from a timing perspective. You want to get it down, but I think you can do that more. I think that's more in-season stuff where the the ones are the ones and you're getting your reps as the starters. But I think in training camp, uh, one of the big things, and that's why they have 90 guys in the roster, is you want to keep people fresh. So you just want to filter more guys through. And the other thing is, one injury happens, now that backup's the starter. So you do want to have right. some passes going those guys' way. And on the other side of things is you do want your rookie quarterback to throw to the guys he's eventually going to be thrown to who are the starters when he becomes a starter. Speaking of Debo Samuel, have you seen his Instagram video highlighting uh, Grant Cohn? No. Oh, man. So he has a video. It's pretty dope. Uh, it's him, like, working out and stuff. And you know how sometimes, like, like Tom Brady did it, right, where he had the – the post of all the people saying all these bad things about him being old, washed up, all that stuff. I think he posted it after he won the Super Bowl, where he was like, all these things. Well, Debo Samuel has a video of him working out, and the narrator, basically, is Grant Cohn, talking about he's always hurt, he's always this, he's that. Debo, you got to show something. Wow. I mean, it's like a three-minute long video of him training and working out, and in every so often you'll hear a quote from what Grant Cohn said. It's actually... I like it from both uh, uh, aspects of Grant Cohn. Kind of, you see him getting out there, and obviously the players hear things that he says, <laughs> and how that does, what that does for his brand is obviously yeah. it's up right now, skyrocketing. Right. But then also, the players being aware of what's being said about them uh, by you know local beat writers and stuff, and I don't want to say uh, using it as fuel, but you know just being aware and and using it as like some sort of like, all right, I'm going to show you. Cause maybe he's come come in at the best shape of his life, and and Grant Cohen has a lot to do <laughs> do with that. If we see the best version of Debo Samuel, we got to We got to thank Grant Cohen. That's yeah, what we, I think. we should we should get Grant on the show. We should have him on the show sometime. Maybe next week. Get his his personal um, camp reports here and have a chat with him. But yeah, it's funny. Grant Cohen's brand. He he does get under some players' skin because Grant like his thing, and it's smart. Like that's you know he he doesn't. He doesn't declare ties, right? It's either one side or the other. You're either amazing right. or you're, you know, you're trash. And like that's it, it's it's it definitely I can like see you, how like, I can see how players don't like it, but I think the San Francisco media is pretty nice and they kind of need that a little bit too to have somebody like Grant in there. So let's have Grant on the show and talk a little bit about that. It's funny because there's a lot of people um a lot of my listeners hate Grant and a lot of my listeners love Grant. So That'll be fun too, because we'll get some interesting like comments if we have Grant on the show. Just like there's, just like there's no in between with yep. Grant Cohn. There's definitely no in between with liking him. <laughs> I've grown to love Grant Cohn, and you know, once you kind of realize like what he does and how he does, and he's kind of toned back a little bit since doing the whole Sports Illustrated thing. But still, he's very opinionated, and I like that. I like someone that is very opinionated and will stand on what he said. And a lot of times, you know, to be honest, because I, I remember him going like going after like Pettis and stuff, but. He's right. He's right a lot, a lot of times. Right. Yeah. And he's not worried about if the, the players are mad at him about it right. or if the team gets mad at him about it. And I think he's been a little hot water with the team with some of the things he's done too. Um, a, a couple of quick notes. Yeah, we got to have, we, let's reach out to Grant. Let's have him on the show. Um, a couple other notes real quick. Marcel Harris been lining up at linebacker. What do you think? 
You like it? We got the dime linebacker going. Is that the thought with Talanoa Hufanga too? And by the way, so shout out to another listener, Robbie. He said, uh, at BD Peacock, at Eric Crocker, he listened to the episode on his scouting report and got fire emoji. And uh, he was quote tweeting this video of Talanoa Hufanga, the first guy on the field, the last guy off the field, and working on some stuff just by himself on the field. So look. That looked like some linebacker drops. Yeah. Yeah, the linebacker thing where you drop into coverage and then you go get the ball that's thrown at you in the flat, basically, right? Yeah. So that is um, maybe what the 49ers have in store, a little wrinkle there with the dime linebacker. But with Tart out, hasn't has Harris been – who's been playing strong safety <laughs> if Harris is playing linebacker? Uh, well, or is Harris, have... I think Harris is playing linebacker in team work, but he's playing – or he's playing safety – and 11 on 11s, but he's playing linebacker in in drills. I think that maybe is what it is. What about Tony Jefferson? Oh, that's a good question. We'll, we'll ask Grant that too. Let's have Grant next week. Let's have him. Okay, let's do it. Let, let's have Grant on the show. Uh, one more last note. Bosa looking slim. Said he's moving better than ever, quicker than ever, and he definitely looks a little lighter. He said he's right about 260, and he's maybe 265 last year. Yeah, he looks slim. I mean, he just... Does. In his, in his physique, and I've seen some pictures. Sometimes pictures, you know, an angle can change things. You can look at one angle and somebody look extremely swole, another angle, and maybe they look slimmed down. But he looks slimmer even in his face. And that's the dead giveaway for me where I'm like, oh, yeah, he, he looked like he went, like, plant-based or something. Not <laughs> vaccinated, by the way, Nick Bosa. He said he's undecided. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He just said he hasn't been vaccinated yet, and he's still thinking about it and trying to decide what he wants to do. But the Niners are 90% vaccinated, which is a, a good number surprised. team-wise to have. But, yeah, not super surprising that Bosa would be the one, yeah. uh, one of the ones that is not. And it sounds like one of the guys who has who's on the COVID list right now might not be vaccinated either. But I think hmm. we'll get some of that information maybe at a later date. We're out of time here, Croc. I wanted to ask you about the top 10 Madden cornerback ratings. Maybe we'll save that for next week. I'm sure we'll have a ton to talk about when we reconvene for Monday's episode and next week the pads will go on I think practice number six or so is when I think they have to have five non-padded practices to start so things will wrap up training camp 2021 next week right here Brian Peacock Eric Crocker Lockdown 49ers